With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great show for you today as we're going to have a man that does a great job of looking at all things pitching. That would be Alex Fast. Follow him on Twitter at AlexFast8. He does a great job with the pitcher list. He will be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be talking about how this layoff with the MLB is going to affect these pitchers, whether or not we do have a 2020 season. I've been on this podcast. I know that some of you guys have asked me if I think we're going to get a MLB season this year at this point. All I can tell you is I don't know. I'm going to prepare as if we're not going to have one. I've already done all the legwork for it. So if we do wind up getting one, that'll be terrific. I will be ready for it. I'm just preparing as if it's at this point a little bit of a lost cause, though, which is unfortunate. Like I said, I'm certainly hoping so. I'm certainly hoping that we get a little bit of something. But we're going to be talking about that and so much more with Alex Fast. He also does a great job of looking at these KBO pitchers. So we're going to get his takeaways from what he saw from the KBO Saturday morning with regards to Dan Straley, the leader in ERA when it comes to starting pitchers in the KBO. And Chang Mo Ku has just been absolutely mowing them down for the NC Dinos. And so much more. So that's going to be a lot of fun in the final segment. Going to give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. So that is going to be terrific. And by this morning's KBO board, I mean Sunday mornings. I always get that confused because the games are at 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern. So sort of that no man's land. But with that said, always love being able to answer your Twitter questions as well. If you ever have something that you'd like answered on this podcast, whether it be from a baseball standpoint of any league, gambling, what have you, fired in at GNR Squirty1. Like I said, I know that the biggest question I've gotten is whether or not we're going to be having an MLB season at this point. 
I'm hoping so, but I'm preparing as if we aren't going to be having one. If we do, I've got all the legwork ready. I will be looking at the logistics from there because at this point, it is anyone's guess. And the other question I always get is, where to be able to stream the KBO games that are not on ESPN. And I have the same difficulties that you guys do as well because at the beginning of the year, these games were on Twitch, which made it so easy to find. Now it's just a night-to-night roll of the dice as to what you can find on Twitter and or Reddit with regards to links. But I do know this, if you guys are outside the state of Nevada and you're in a jurisdiction that has, I believe it's either FanDuel or... DraftKings. I think that both of these sites, if you have at least $10 in your account, you're able to stream these games. So that is very beneficial. I've heard that from a couple people. I do not know from personal experience because, well, I'm living out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. My parents live out in the great state of Wisconsin. There's no sports betting there. So unfortunately, I'm not able to give you a first person perspective there, but that's what I think is the case. So if this is wrong, do not shoot the messenger, but hopefully this pointed someone in the right direction. I'm trying to gather as many answers to that as possible because I have the same difficulties as so many of you guys have with being able to find these streams. It drives me a little bit nuts. And what sometimes drives me a little bit nuts is blown leads in the KBO. I think that's a perfect transition. So let's take a look at what we all saw from the KBO games that took place Friday nights, live Saturday morning. Tried to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. A trend that is developing in the KBO is favorites just absolutely dominating. The Kiwoom Heroes are the only team that close as a plus money underdog. Now, you had a couple teams that maybe close like minus 105 with the other side being minus 115, a couple pick'em games or what have you over the last couple days, but they're the only team that close at plus money that wound up winning a game over the last three days, and they had to do so by overcoming a 4-0 deficit going into the bottom of the seventh. Heroes get the 5-4 win over the LG Twins. A little bit shocking considering that the LG Twins are the only team in the KBO with a bullpen ERA south of four, and this is a Twins team that they wound up going two and a third innings of the bullpen. They gave up three runs, all of which were earned. Tyler Wilson gave the team a quality start, six and a third innings. He gives up two runs, both of which were earned, and for the Twins, they blew a little bit of a valuable opportunity. They were able to get the bases loaded in the first inning. They were able to strike for two, but they could have had a little bit more, and in this one, what also hurt the LG Twins is the fact that Roberto Ramos did not wind up getting a single hit for the team, and bottom of the lineup, hitters six through nine, a combined two hits over the course of 12 bats as well, so that certainly was a little bit of a killer. And for the Kiwoom Heroes, the man that really came up clutch for this team was Jung-Hoo Lee. He was able to hit a home run that clawed the team back into this one. He's now hitting a 360 on the year, and on the campaign, he already has five home runs, had six all of last year in 574 at-bats, so he certainly has been able to find a little bit of something. Speaking of finding a little bit of something, how about Dan Straley and the way that he's been pitching for the Lotte Giants? We'll be talking with Alex Fast a little bit more about Straley in the second segment, but he leads Lotte to a 1-0 win over the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. For the Smiling Blobs, the bullpen has not been good for them, and they were only required to get one inning out of them to go to extras, and guess what? The Smiling Blobs were unable to do so. As Jay Yoon Kim, he pitches a third of an inning, and he gives up one run, and it really squanders a terrific start by Jay Sung Bay. A Bay Bay was this guy on eight innings. He gives up three hits, no earned runs, did all that he could, and Dan Straley, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, seven innings pitch, not a single walk. His best performance of the year, in my opinion, six punch-outs. He was able to keep the game out in front of him for Lotte. They go two innings with no runs given up out of the bullpen. And the man that was able to deliver the RBI for Lotte, Lohan Kang. So the Lotte Giants were able to get the job done. Speaking of teams that were able to get the job done, the SK Wyverns. They were able to get a 6-4 win over the Samsung 
Lions. If you wound up taking the under in this one, it looked very bad at the start as the game was 6-2 after five innings, and then things died until Samsung gets a two-run home run in the ninth inning. So go figure there. There, Sungju Lee wound up being able to get that home run. And for SK, they were able to get a very good start out of Jungwoo Park. He winds up going six innings, gives up two runs, both of which were earned bullpen from there. They wind up giving up those two runs over the course of three innings. And for Samsung, they just did not get the start that they were looking for out of Jaehong Cha. He wound up giving up six runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings. You have a little bit of credit to the bullpen here. They wind up going three and a third innings, not giving up a single run. And speaking of teams that are getting white hot, SK Wyverns, winners of seven out of their last nine games going into the series. The Samsung Lions were doing a very good job as well. They had won six out of their last seven, but they have now hit the skids, losers of three straight games. A team that has been losing a whole lot, that would be the Anwa Eagles. They had their foreign-born pitcher, Chad Bell, out there, and he was no match for the NC Dinos. 14-2 the final in this one. Chang Moku, he was mowing them down. Six innings pitch, he gives up one run, six punch-outs, no walks. Bullpen from there, they give up one run over the course of three innings. The lone bright spot that you really had for Anwa was the fact that Jin Hang Cha, he winds up getting a home run in this one. He's hitting a three away for the team, 34-year-old left fielder. Over the course of 13 at-bats, now it's two home runs. I'm really looking for positive things to say about this Anwa team that has now lost 13 straight games. As for the NC Dinos, they wound up having 14 runs of 14 hits. Anwa, 11 hits, two runs. The difference in this one, though, four of the hits that the NC Dinos had Ended up going over the fence. Sungwoo Kim, he wound up going yard in this one. Went just one of six, but he made that one count. How about Jin Sung Chang? He winds up going three of four at the plate. He had a long bomb. Jin Huk No, he winds up going yard in this one. And Sukun Ji, if you're wondering some of these guys, you had the eight and nine hitters for NC both get home runs. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. The vulgar display of power by the NC Dinos. For Chad Bell, he gives up seven runs over the course of four innings. He missed the start of the year due to a little bit of an injury. Looks like he's not fully healthy. And the Enwab Open, they don't necessarily look very healthy themselves. They wind up going five innings in this one. They give up seven runs, all of which were earned. Needless to say, not a good result there. And if you're a fan of the Kia Tigers, not a good result here as they wind up blowing a 3-1 to lead, losing to the Doosan Bears by a count of 4-3. to Doosan was able to get the game-winning RBI in the ninth inning off. A Texas Leaguer fly ball. Always gotta love those. Jose Miguel Fernandez looks to be cooling down a little bit. Went one of three in this game. His batting average down to just a sad, sad 435. I mean, what are we gonna do with him? He's just not getting the job done. I say that jokingly, of course, but what you had to like to see for the Doosan Bears is the fact that the seven and eight hitters both went two of three at the plate, so that was big in for Kia. They were able to get two runs up on the board early in this one, but the Doosan bullpen all of a sudden has been doing a little bit better. They won three innings in this one. Didn't give up as much as a single hit. Chris Flexity gave up three runs over the course of six innings, but what was big for him is the fact that he did not give up any walks, and then for Drew Gagione, it was a little bit of a rough outing for him. He went six and a third innings. He did his job. He winds up giving up one earned run, but he was also credited with two unearned runs as some fielding issues with Kia really hurt him in this game. And then from there, the Kia bullpen, they wind up going one and two-thirds innings. They give up one run, and that one run was the difference. So that's what we all saw from the KBO. 
I guess you could call it Friday night slash Saturday morning since half these games took place Friday night on the Pacific time zone. Half these games took place Saturday morning. Always a little bit of no man's land. But what is much more clear is the fact that Alex Fass of the pitchers list does an absolutely great job of looking at pitchers. Now of all leagues, it used to be just the MLB, but he does a great job of looking at a little bit of everything. We're going to be talking to him about some of the KBO performances that we saw from Friday night slash Saturday morning how pitchers are going to be affected if we get a condensed 2020 season or no 2020 season whatsoever in the MLB. And so much more. That's coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Thanks, I'm Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. We are back here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our next guest. He does a great job with the pitchers list. He does a little bit of everything from writing. I believe that he is a VP over there. He is an assistant producer with Major League Baseball as well. This is a man that's out there in the lovely state of New York, and you can follow him on Twitter at AlexFast8, as it is AlexFast, joining me right here on the podcast, and it is great to have you aboard today. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you doing? I'm doing great, thank you, and we are both doing a little bit better than those that are currently in negotiations with regards to Major League Baseball. At the beginning of the week, I was thinking that the drop-dead date in order to get baseball going by the 4th of July, which I think would be a really critical date, was going to be June 8th. We're about 48 hours from there, and from everything I've been hearing, these two sides, the owners and the players, are eons apart. What have you been hearing with this regard? Because I still remember the KBO broadcast that we saw Friday night slash Saturday morning. Tim Kirkshin even threw out there the fact that we might not even get 50 games at this point. It might be down to 48. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And I mean, the only thing I've been seeing is what's publicly available on Twitter. Like Ken Rosenthal wrote a fantastic article for The Athletic today, and he said a couple weeks ago he would have considered it unthinkable that the MLB would have met the July 4th deadline. And now he's trying to embrace the fact that the major unthinkable, which is the fact that there might not even be a season, is a little more plausible than we ever thought, which is not great news for really anyone in the industry. Oh, I'm right there with you. This is just an absolute travesty, and no doubt this is going to affect a lot of players out there in the MLB. They're going to be rusty. When slash if we do get a 2020 season, if it's 2021, they're going to be rusty then. But I know that you're someone that you really look at the pitcher side of things, and I think that this is going to affect them more than anyone else, and especially starting pitchers. No doubt it's going to hurt relievers because... Obviously, they're expected to come out of the bullpen and throw 98 miles per hour. But with that said, throwing like 20, 25 pitches at most is not necessarily as big of a burden as, say, someone like that of Max Scherzer, a Justin Verlander, what have you. These guys that they're expected to go out there, expected to give six plus innings, 100 plus pitches. I have to think that this is going to take a big toll on them. Even if we do have a season, it being condensed, and if we don't have a season, when they come back in 2021, I fear that they might be just terribly out of shape, and it might take them quite a while to get ramped back up, if they ever do, because this is just completely unprecedented for these guys to not be having their normal routine for this long. Yeah, Nick and I have been fortunate to talk to a lot of pitchers over the past coming weeks with our Talking Pitching podcast series, which has been a lot of fun. And the first question we ask every single pitcher that we've talked to between Aaron Savali and Jerry Blevins and Dan Straley, of course, over in the KBO is a little bit different. We've talked to a good amount of them. Josh Lindblom, that's what it was, a fantastic podcast with him. We asked them what they've been doing. And, you know, they're kind of in this purgatory right now where they're not quite sure whether they should be ramping up or they're not quite sure 
sure if they should be cooling down a little bit. So they're staying in this kind of weird stasis period where they're not really going full out, but they're obviously ready and they want to get ready for the season. I don't think this is going to bode well for the upcoming season in terms of pitching, especially from an analytical standpoint. We're likely going to have to throw everything that we see out of the window. I mean, these are pitchers who are used to their routine, right? They go away for a few weeks for the offseason. They work out a little bit. They get healthy. They ramp up in February and March, and they're ready for the season in April. This long period is really going to affect them. I know in the KBO, we saw a lot of lower half injuries in the first couple weeks of the season, specifically to batters. And that's something that could happen in the MLB season as well, because I really think that's as a result of this late ramping up period. Now, the pitchers weren't as affected over in Korea. But remember, their average fastball velocity is probably around 89, 90, whereas, of course, it's three or four ticks higher in the MLB. Guys are really throwing a lot more violently with a lot more velocity and that's going to be really difficult for their arms it's going to be difficult for the mechanics and their lower half as well and I think we've already seen you know, a lot of organizations start to make decisions about what they're going to do with some of these pitchers Sir Anthony Dominguez is a perfect example who just got Tommy John surgery a couple of days ago Chris Archer he's down for the year with a thoracic syndrome surgery that he's going to get as well there's going to be a lot of volatility and it's going to be more unpredictable than it's ever been before in the past I think you bring up a very good point as Alex Fass is joining me on the podcast does a great job with the pitchers list and he's joining me right now to talk about how this is just affecting pitchers in general and I do think that what is big and something I've noticed in the KBO is that no doubt the velocity is typically down in the KBO as compared to the MLB but I remember it being brought up on one of the broadcasts a few weeks ago that having no fans in the stands you don't have as much adrenaline as pitcher it's not like a guy is going to go from typically throwing 88-89 to throwing like 62 or something like that, but maybe the guy that throws 88 to 89, he's out throwing more like 86 and a half to 87 and a half. I do think that that could be an effect if we do wind up getting a baseball season in which there are no fans in the stands, and that could lead to the hitters being out a little bit in front as well. I think you also bring up a good point with the hamstring injuries. We see this in pretty much all sports, whether it be basketball, football, what have you. They've been out for a little bit. They wind up getting those injuries. But I do think that this bodes well for the batters if we have no fans of the stands, just because it's harder to get ramped up to like be in a six to one game in the seventh inning with no fans in the stands that you're, you're on. Yeah, of course. And meanwhile, it's August and the humidity is extremely high and it's 97 degrees and there's no one there. And it's been a brutal off season that you've dealt with a lot of issues between the MLB and the union as well. So I don't know what the impact's going to be, but to echo your sentiment even further, right? Last year, we saw an historic swing rate on first pitches. Batters last year were more aggressive than they'd ever been in the history of the league. They don't want to get to a pitcher's breaking pitcher off speed pitch. They're going to attack his fastball. And I think we're going to be able to, we're going to see a repeat of that this year, right? And this is a little more speculative. But you think about these guys who have been itching to play baseball again. They're going to have a season that could be 50 or under 50 games. They're going to want to win as quick as possible. I really don't think practicing patience is going to be something that a lot of hitters are doing. Some of these pitchers, maybe they'll get burned by it. Maybe they'll get burned by the aggressiveness, or maybe they'll be able to take advantage of it. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to see a lot of aggressiveness from batters to try and hit the ball out of the yard and win some games because, hey, all you need is a 10-game win streak, and you could be the uh, number one seed in the playoffs for the MLB this year. Yeah, I mean, if the Seattle Mariners would have gotten off to the start last year in a 48 games <laughs> season this year, who yeah. knows? Maybe Seattle Mariners, they're buying up everyone. The Yankees are sellers and the Mariners are buyers instead. What kind of a world would that be? And I know that we're in a world in which we're right now consuming a lot of the KBO. And I know that you've been doing a great job of keeping up with some of these pitchers that are having some very nice swing and miss stuff. And we saw Saturday morning, Cheng Mo Koo, he was just blowing oh. down hitters. His ERA went up after he gave up one run over the course of six innings. It's like a .66 right now. This guy has been 
just incredibly impressive. He's 23 years old. Do you think at some point we're going to see him in the MLB? And if so, who do you think he maybe translates to a little bit? Because I know that out there in the KBO, he's one of the best swing and miss pitchers out there. And I really do think that this kid has a lot of upside. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I call it Cheng Mo Ku Day or Ku Cheng Mo Day every time he pitches because I look forward to it so much. And he hit the nail on the head. He's got a 29.7% K rate right now, which is the best in the league. Drew Gagnon behind him for the Tigers is at 29%, but everyone else is below 27%. So he's really doing things fantastic. The comp that I keep hearing is Patrick Corbin. I think Matthew Boyd is also very accurate as well. This fantastic slider that is be able to, he's able to put wherever he needs to and a fastball that he's able to put wherever he needs to as well, although he has a little bit more difficulty elevating it like a Matthew Boyd would. The big issue that's going to prevent Cheng Moku from coming over to the MLB is his velocity. He's still sitting around 89, 88 with that fastball. He can ramp it up to around 90. I think he'd be a guy who would benefit a lot from driveline, which is something a lot of KBO players are starting to get turned on to. If he went to driveline and found 92 that he could sit, or maybe even 93 that he could sit, which isn't totally unheard of, guys going to driveline and finding an extra tick or two in their velocity, this is someone who could have a nice impact. I also think maybe if he learned a cutter, that would be really beneficial. But he has a fastball. He's got a knockout slider that I think is an MLB caliber slider. He needs the fastball to tick in the velocity. The splitter is there. It's a little bit inconsistent, but he's young. He's got the raw skills. There's a lot of room for him to grow, but if he keeps heading down this path, I see him coming over and being able to have some success at the MLB level. We've got our good friend Alex Fast joining me right here on the podcast. Does an absolutely terrific job with the pitcher's list, and you mentioned good sliders, and Dan Straley has really been able to show that off for Lotte. The Giants were able to get a 1-0 to win earlier this morning, and I know that you did a little bit of a look on him as well. He wasn't necessarily the greatest strikeout pitcher in the world when he was at the MLB level last year. I remember a few years ago when he was with the Marlins, he was doing a solid job of being able to get some swings and misses. We all remember the good year or two he had with the Oakland A's as well. What have you really seen out of him? And do you think that he's perhaps putting himself in good shape to be able to make a return to the MLB? Because I've been really impressed by what he's been able to do with regards to the strikeouts. Watts have been a little bit high in the KBO, but by and large, I do like what I've seen out of Straley with the Lotte Giants. And Dan Straley is the kind of pitcher that you want to hear about because he's got a growth mindset. He's never going to sit back and be comfortable with what he's doing. I'm willing to throw 2019 completely out. You know, he was bothered by injury. Something happened with the Orioles and he wasn't too happy. And remember, he could still be stateside. He did have a few minor league deals where he would have, in my opinion, worked his way into a four or five spot in a specific rotation, but he got an offer at the KBO. He was going to be getting paid money and he didn't have to worry about riding up and down between the minors and the majors. So he took the offer. Now that he's over there, like you said, he's got this slider that's doing great things for him. When he was on with Oakland and Cincinnati, that slider was one of the top sliders in baseball. Now he's bringing this newfound curveball into the mix that he really debuted in earnest today. He's had one or two of them that he's flashed in his first five or six starts, but today, this morning, was the real breakout for the curveball, and it's been absolutely fantastic. It's just another piece for him that I think as he continues to find confidence in that pitch, it's something in his arsenal. We already know the sliders there. The changeup is arguably even better. He can put the four-seamer where he needs to, and now with this curveball, I really do think that he could be someone who finds his way back to the MLB in a four or five spot next year. And something else I'm taking a look at as well, and we mentioned it at the top, is the fact that there are going to be so many MLB players that if we get a 2020 season, they're going to be rusty. If we don't get a 2020 season, they're just going to be sort of in an awkward spot for 2021. 
I think that this benefits the most guys like Dan Straley, guys like Roberto Ramos, Jose Miguel Fernandez. These guys are playing in the KBO. We know that the Japanese league is going to be getting going in a few weeks as well. If these guys are able to produce at that level, I have to think that there's going to be more value on them to MLB teams than ever before because you're going to have a whole bunch of guys that have either played a limited amount of baseball in 2020 or played none at all if we wind up not getting a season. Meanwhile, these guys even though it's a little bit of a lower level of competition that they're used to, they've got a full season under their belt. They were able to play all these games and they're in prime condition. And I have to think that there might be more guys coming over from foreign leagues than ever before to the MLB for the 2021 season. Yeah, it's a fantastic take on it. I mean, I haven't really thought about it that way. And it's interesting to think about that. Theoretically, if guys don't want to, if they want to take it easy with some of these young pitchers, theoretically, they might implement, you know, six man rotations. And if they do, usually you would go out and hire veterans to fill those back end spots, right? Fourth or fifth spot would usually go to a guy you knew you were going to get a 170, 180 innings out of him, but you're not going to be able to find that with some of these veterans, especially if they've taken the entire year off. So yeah, like you said, if you go overseas, you look at Dan Straley, you look at Drew Rusinski for the Dinos, who's got a 211 ERA with a 24% K rate, or even guys like Mike Wright, who wasn't able to find a lot of success with Baltimore, but is having a lot of success with the Dinos as well. Eric Jokic, they sub two ERA, 1.49, even guys like Aaron Brooks, who didn't walk someone for his first like three appearances. These are all guys that could theoretically get a look to fill in the back end of a rotation because you know you're going to get consistent innings out of them. I'm right there with you, Alex, and I know that you're doing a great job of keeping up with this and so many other things. We're going to get the Japanese League going in a few weeks. That looks to be almost a certainty. I know that they've been hit a little bit by COVID-19, but at some point we should be getting baseball in Japan. We're hoping for some sort of an MLB season. At this point, I wouldn't be thrilled with a 48-50 to 50 game season, but it certainly would be better than a big old goose egg. But I know you're doing a great job of keeping up with this. You've been looking at the pitchers in the KBO and so much more. So let the good people at home know where they're able to find you on social media and just some of what you're doing in general because you put out there some absolutely fantastic content and some great video breakdowns. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Every morning I'm trying to do a gif of the KBOK leader from the morning or that morning. I shouldn't say the night before. It's really that morning. We're also working on an article with a person who helped Dan Straley find success named Michael Fisher, who is the head of Codify. You can find him on Instagram at I believe it's getting to the blue. And I'm constantly talking about him on Twitter at Alex Fast 8. He helped Liam Hendricks find success and he's got a bunch of new clients coming into the fold. He's doing something really exciting for pitching. And anyone who is going to be a Michael Fisher client is someone that I am going to be paying attention to for the coming season. So I'm excited to get that piece out in the coming weeks. And I am excited to hopefully be getting some more baseball into our lives, whether it's just out there in the Far East with the Japanese League or if we wind up getting an MLB season. I'm looking forward to it. And I know that Alex is doing a great job of keeping up with a little bit of everything. Been doing a terrific job of looking at these KBO pitchers as well. So big thanks to Alex Fast for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side control on every game for Sunday morning's KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to our man, Alex Fass of the Pitchers List for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a signing total on every game on Sunday morning's KBO Betting Board as we touch them all. <laughs> 
If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed, at GRSCourt1. As per usual, I will throw out there the disclaimer that the big difference between betting the KBO and betting the MLB is that other than really at Pinnacle, you are betting on the team and the team only. So let's say that you bet on the Samsung Lions, David Buchanan gets scratched, well, you're still stuck with the Samsung Lions or whatever total you took. So just want to throw out there that disclaimer. And as per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This begins with 304-639-304-640. The Lute Giants are going to be playing host to the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, and the Blobs are finding themselves a very massive favorite, anywhere between minus 210 and minus 245. Meanwhile, with Lote, they are anywhere between plus 180 and plus 205. Total that you're going to find on this game is anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half. On the 10, the over is juice of minus 120, and the under is even, and on 10 and a half, you just flip it. The over is juice of even, and the under is minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the pitching matchup, it is C. Wong Park that is going to be going for Lote, and Orisiba de Spagne is going to be going for our good friends of Smiling Blobs. And my goodness gracious, did Mr. Despagne get lit up like a Christmas tree his last time out as he wound up giving up in five innings, a grand total of 10 runs, and every one of them was earned over 15 hits against Tucson. The only impressive thing was that he was able to stay out there long enough to give up those 15 hits, and he gave up zero walks in the process. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Prior to that, Despagne had been doing a very good job. Gave up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts. So will the real Odrissima Despagne please stand up? Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Park for Lote, this is someone that's 24 years old, certainly has yet to find it as you take a look at his last three starts he has given up at least four runs at every one of them and if you want to date it back to every one of his five starts this year he has given up at least three runs at every one of them but we also know this the smiling blobs bullpen has an era hovering right around eight that is the worst out there in the kbo and if you're taking a look at lote they have been able to do a little bit of a better job of hitting the long ball they wound up going through a 12 game stretch in which they did not have a single home run over their last four games they have five home runs day Lee has been doing a nice job of getting on base he's hitting a 327. If you're taking a look at Aussie Up Sun, someone that has been just all over the lineup. He's hitting a 314. Once again, not much of a power guy. Just 10 home runs last year, one so far this year, but certainly has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. What they need a little bit more of is the guys at the bottom of the lineup being able to get on base. Dixon Machado, after a good start to the year, he just has been nowhere to be found. Bo Gion Jung, he is playing the catcher spot for this team. He is hitting a buck 35. That's just absolutely brutal. And then if you're taking a look at our friends, the Smiling Blobs, they've been dealing with some injuries then. They've got a number three hitter in Young Ho Joe who does not have a career home run in the KBO, which is absolutely mind-blowing. And it's not like it's a limited sample size. 471 at-bats. He's hitting number three for this team, and he's got as many home runs as Greg Peterson, but making up for that, one Mel Rojas, who's hitting a 398. He's got, for this team, nine home runs, 29 RBI. He certainly has been able to get the job done. You have to like what you're seeing out of Min Huk Kim as well. This is someone that's hitting a 247, but he has five total hits over the team's first two games in the series against Lote, so he certainly has been able to pick it up in a big way. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. I think that Despagne is going to be a little bit rattled after that last start. And I do think that this is a spot in which the Lote Giants are not going to be getting a quality start either. I have more faith in this Lote bullpen though. So I do think that the plus price is very appealing in this spot. So we're going to be taking the Lote Giants with the plus price. Assuming that they're going to be able to get some runs up on the board against the Smiling Blobs bullpen. And as a result, we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to game number 304 640. 
6.42. ESK Wyverns are going to be playing those to the Samsung Lions. If you are taking a look at the Samsung Lions, you're going to be getting anywhere between even juice and minus 105. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your total on this game is 9.5, and, and the over is just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. It is going to be one David Buchanan taking the mound for the Samsung Lions. Meanwhile, Sung One Moon is going to be taking the mound for the Wyverns. And for Mr. Buchanan, he's had two just absolutely brutal starts so far this year. The other starts have been absolutely magnificent. He's had three starts in which he's went seven innings. In those three starts, he's given up a combined one run. And then he had two just terrible starts. He went five innings and gave up ten runs to the LG Twins. And to begin the year, he went up against the Dinos. Went six innings, gave up five runs. You just don't know what you're going to get out of this guy from game to game. You can assure yourself that he's probably not going to give up too many long balls, but with that said, he's probably not going to get a lot of strikeouts either. This is someone that has a combined nine strikeouts over his last three starts. Walks are hit or miss for him. He's had three starts in which he's had zero or one walks. He had two walks in the team's last game against the NC Dinos, and then he had four walks against LG. So, he has certainly been very much a feast or famine pitcher, if there is such a thing. And if you take a look at Moon for SK, he's got a 5.06 ERA. He's got a little bit of an awkward arm slot in for the year. He's done a solid job of getting strikeouts. 26 punch outs and 26 and two-thirds innings. He's limited the walks, but he's also given up three home runs. And that has really been his issue. Over the course of 144 innings last season, he wound up giving up 23 jacks. That is just absolutely brutal. So you do need to keep that in mind with the Samsung Lions. No doubt, they are a little bit banged up right now. They were missing missing a couple of their middle-of-the-lineup guys. Tyler Saladino was really able to find it a few games ago. Seems like he's coming back to earth a little bit, but he's still hitting right in the neighborhood of 270, so you do have to like to see that if you're a fan of the Samsung Lions. And for Samsung, what else is going to be big is being able to get someone like a Hakju Lee going. He's sitting in the seventh spot for this team, only hitting a buck 86, but his glove has been very good. And then with the Wyverns, it does seem like they are finally starting to be able to get a little bit of offense. Jihoon Cha has really been emerging for this team. First year in the KBO, age 22, 382 batting average. Now, it's a little bit of a small sample size. Only 34 at-bats, but he has really come of age and become a solid player for this team. Jamie Romack was able to hit a home run yesterday. That is huge because he had 29 home runs last year. Going into yesterday's game, he had just three home runs on the year, so him being able to get going is certainly a welcome sight for this team. And then if you take a look at the Wyverns, the bottom of the lineup, you just don't know what you're going to get out of it from game to game. Hung Run Lee has really been able to do a very good job at the catcher spot so far. Limited at-bats, 24 at bats, but he's hitting a 292. You really do like to see that, but someone like a Hun Jun, who hit a 0.79 last year, is hitting a 206 so far this year. Hung Cha is hitting a 214, so list of dead bats goes on and on with Samsung. They've got one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO. They were pressed into a little bit of action yesterday, but I do think that David Buchanan is going to hold down the fort. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, but I do think that Samsung is going to be able to hit a couple solo home runs off of Moon of SK, and I think that that's going to be the difference in this one. So we are going to wind up taking the Samsung Lions, and we are going to take the under in this spot. We move on to 304-643, 304-644. You've got the LG Twins, and they are going to be hitting the road face off against Kiwoo Miros. With the LG Twins, you're going to be finding them as a slight underdog in the spot, anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115 with the Euros, and we're between minus 130 and minus 135. The total on this game is 11. With the juice on 11, it is all over the place. Over is anywhere between even and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 120. So, shop accordingly for the juice on that one. If you're looking at LG, they're going to be trotting out there. Wu Chen Cha as their pitcher. Meanwhile, 
Hun Hee Han is going to be taking the mound for Ki Woom. And Mr. Han has been up and down for Ki Woom to say the least so far this year. But needless to say, it hasn't necessarily been stellar. A 5.60 ERA. And despite that, he has a 2-1 record. In 27 and a third innings, he has issued 9 walks. That is not necessarily great. I will say that he hasn't done the worst of jobs giving up hard contact. He's only given up two home runs so far this year, and he's coming off a little bit of a confidence-boosting start against AMY. He went seven innings, gave up three runs, only two of which were earned, did not have a single walk after in each of his last three games. He had given up at least two walks, so that is a good sign from. Meanwhile, with Ja, he's got a five ERA for LG so far this year, but he's also coming off a a good start. He wound up going six innings and gave up one run against Kia, so he was able to build something there, and he's given up two walks or fewer in each out of his last seven starts, dating back to the end of last year. So that is a little bit of an encouraging sign. What is bad for Cha, though, is that he has given up a home run in every one of his starts so far this year as well. So you certainly have to balance that out with Ki Woom. It feels like this is a team that they are going to give you a little bit more towards the bottom half of the lineup, but the top half of the lineup needs to pick it up a little bit too. You take a look at Byungo Park. He was out of the fold for the team yesterday prior to being out of the fold and he did wind up making a pinch hitting appearance but prior to not getting the start yesterday he had not really been doing much for the team. Led the KBO in home runs last year with 33. So far this year he's got 6 and he's only hitting a 222. He has certainly been in a pretty big funk. You don't have to like what you're seeing out of John Ho Lee. He has really come of age for this team. 21 year old center fielder that's hitting a 360. He's got 5 home runs this year. After he had six all of last year in over 570 at-bats. So you certainly do like to see that. Don One Park is someone that you want to take note of as well. He wanted making a pinch hitting appearance yesterday as well. This is someone that's hitting a 363. Looks like he's going to be in the starting lineup today. He's already got seven home runs on the campaign, so that's big. And then when you take a look at LG, they've got the league leader in home runs in Roberto Ramos. He's hitting a 361, 12 home runs, 26 RBI. No doubt he's been able to rip it up. Hunsu Kim, the hit machine, he has been hitting a 366 so far this year. Certainly not a guy that is going to give you some unparalleled power, but with LG, you've got to think that they are going to have a couple of their more trustworthy bats in there as well. Their number three hitter was out of the fold yesterday. That meant that Min Sung Kim wound up getting the start, and he's actually been doing a decent job. 31-year-old, he's only got one home run, but he does a nice job of getting on base, 277 batting average, so you do like to see that. By and large, I do think that this is going to be a tad of a little bit of a lower scoring game because both these teams do not necessarily have bad bullpens, but I do think that you've got a little bit more power and you've got a little bit more consistency top to bottom with LG, so for that reason, we are going to be taking the lineup of LG. We're going to be taking that plus price, and we're going to be taking this total under as well. We move on to the Doosan Bears and the Kia Tigers game. This is game number 304-645, 304-646. If you're looking at the Doosan Bears, they are a slight favorite in this one. You're going to be laying anywhere between minus 125 and minus 135. That makes the Kia Tigers anywhere between plus 105 and plus 115. Total on this game is anywhere between 10.5 and, and 11 with the 11. We'll go with that first. Over is just of even, and the under is minus 120. Meanwhile, on the 10.5, your over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105. Taking the mound for the Doosan Bears, it is going to be one of the best curveball pitchers out there in the KBO. He Kwan Yu. Meanwhile, Ki Young Im is going to be taking the mound for the Kia Tigers, and Im has actually been pretty solid for Kia so far this year. ERA hovering right in the neighborhood of about a 3-8. This is someone with some upside at 27 years old, 2-3 and three record. He's only given up two home runs over the 
the course of 27 innings and four walks. So by and large, that has been pretty solid for him. And he's coming off a pair of decent starts. Over his last four starts, he has given up three or fewer earned runs. Now, he did have a start against Tucson in which he was the victim of four unearned runs. So no doubt that wound up hurting him a little bit. But this is someone that he's had zero or one walks in each out of his last five games. We also know that with Kia, the bullpen is starting to show some cracks. It has been one of the better ones out there in the KBO and for Tucson. They have been absolutely terrible out of the bullpen for much of the year, but it does seem like it's really coming to the forefront right now. And when you take a look at what you're able to get out of you, he has been very solid. He's going to give you innings, at least six innings in each of the team's last three starts. And what else he does a very good job of is keeping the ball in the yard. Over his last 10 starts, he's given up two home runs, and he's a guy that he is a little bit erratic with his command, but he's had one walk or fewer in eight out of his last 10 starts, but I will also say this. He's had four walks in two out of his last four, so you can certainly look at that in a variety of different ways, but what you've also got to love for Dusan is the fact that they are getting back some of their more trustworthy bats. JLO was out of the fold during this time last week slash two weeks ago. He is back. He's someone that's hitting above a 300. Jaywon Kim is someone that you're able to trust as well. He's hitting at 275. He's already went deep six times so far this year. Had just 15 home runs last year, so he has really been able to find that power. Jose Miguel Fernandez, not necessarily the world's greatest home run hitter, but when you're hitting a 435, you know what? You're going to let that go, and I do think that they're going to get a little bit more at the top of the lineup out of Kunwu Park. Right around this time last week, he was hitting more around a 215. That batting average is now up to a 240 after he hit a 319 last year, so it seems like he's really starting to put it together. And for the Kia Tigers, Preston Tucker has been a little bit all over the Boulevard the last couple games. He is leading the KBO in RBI as he's got 8 home runs and 30 RBI, but it does seem like he's starting to slow down a little bit. But G1 Na has found the fountain of youth. Hit a buck 86 last year. He was a little bit banged up so far this year. At age 35, he's hitting a 313. He's already got 4 home runs after he had 6 off last year. That is certainly a welcome sight, but what this Kia team needs is a little bit more at the bottom of the lineup. Hitters 7 through 9 were not able to get a hit yesterday, and Channel Park has really went into a little bit of a funk. He's had a combined one hit over the team's last five games. He's one of the best speedsters that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Had 39 stolen bases last year, but he's not able to use that speed when he's not able to get on base. So you certainly do want to be taking note of that. I do think that this is a spot in which we are going to see both these starters get lit up a little bit. And what that means is that you're going to be digging into the bullpens. And when you need the bullpens to step up for you, typically they're not going to be able to. And I think that in the end, the Doosan Bears have a little bit more top to bottom with regards to their lineup and they get the job done. So we're going to be laying it here with the Bears, and we're going to be taking this total over. And we wrap things up with the hottest and the coldest teams in the KBO. This is game number 304-647, 304-648. And while Eagles are going to be playing host to the NC Dinos. With the Dinos, they are the biggest favorite that you're going to find out there on the KBO betting board. At minimum, you're going to be laying minus 240, seeing a lot of 250 out there as well. That makes the Eagles anywhere between plus $2 and plus $210. Your total on this game, it is ranging between 11 and 11 and a half. Seeing mostly 11 and a half now. With the 11, I was seeing juice of plus 105 on the under, and the over was minus 125. With the 11 and a half, you're going to be finding the over anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110, and that makes the under anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The pitching matchup for this one is going to be for Enwa E. Wan Kim, and it is going to be Jayhawk Lee that is going to be going for the Dinos, and Mr. Lee is probably the least trustworthy arm that you're going to find for the NC Dinos, so if there is an opportunity for Enwa to be able to get four plus runs up on the board, it probably is tonight 
with the NC Dinos. The bullpen has been wearing down a little bit, and with Lee, he's got an ERA north of six. Just a guy completely lit up in the team's last game that he went out for against the SK Wyverns. Gives up seven runs, all of which were earned over the course of four innings. Walks have been an issue as well. Two plus walks in now four of the team's last five games. And then when you take a look at the other side for Mr. Kim, he did get off to a very good start, and then in the team's last game against the Kiwoom Heroes, he was lit up like a Christmas tree. He gave up seven runs over the course of three innings, and he's given up at least three runs in two out of the team's last three games. The Hanwha Eagles over the last two games have really had to dig into their bullpen as well, so they're going to need a lot of length out of Mr. Kim, and that is going to be an issue as this man has went past inning number five just once so far this year. And for that matter, he has went past five innings just once over the course of his last seven starts, which means that you're going to get that awful Anwa bullpen that has been pressed into action so many times. Going up against an NC Dinos team that one through nine has the best lineup out there in the KBO. Aaron Altair is starting to become Aaron Altairistic. He's hitting right around to 270. One of the top leaders when it comes to home runs in the KBO. Gotta love what you're getting out of the catcher spot as well from E.G. Yang. This is someone that's hitting a little bit below a 300, but he's been able to give the team four home runs. He was dealing with a hamstring injury earlier this year, but Minwoo Park does a good job of being able to set the table. 333 batting average. Sung Bum Na, what more could be said about this guy? 342 batting average. He's got 10 home runs after he had four all of last year. Now, the four comes with an asterisk last year. Obviously, he was a little bit banged up, but you saw hitters 8 and 9 yesterday hit a home run for NC. And what you also saw yesterday was the fact that Jared Hoying got the day off for Anwa. He's been just not able to produce for the team whatsoever. Right around 220 batting average. Power has not been there. What you do have to like if you're a fan of Anwa is Jin Hyung Cha has been able to step up. He's hitting a little bit over 300. 34-year-old guy that has been able to hit two home runs over the course of 13 at bats. So you've got a little bit of something there. Hung Koo Lee is not the worst guy at the top of the lineup. He's hitting a 286. He's able to get you a couple stolen bases. He had 30 stolen bases last year. So you do have a little bit of speed. And I do think that if there is an opportunity for Anwa to be able to get some runs up on the board, it's here. I just think the problem is the NC Dinos are going to be able to hang at least a touchdown up on the board as well. So for that reason, I'm going to be taking a look at a run line price here with the NC Dinos. Now, obviously, run lines are going to vary a little bit. As I'm seeing it right now with the Dinos run line price, you're going to be getting a variance of juice. It is anywhere between minus 165 and minus 185. So you certainly want to be shopping accordingly there. But I'm going to be taking the Dinos on the run line. And I'm going to be taking this total over as well. And that will wrap things up for the Saturday night slash Sunday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Alex Fast of the Pitchers List for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from the Sign Podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in to be ever have a question for the podcast. Fire it into my timeline, HRS41. If we are all safe, healthy, and doing well, I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.